Hi there. Welcome to episode 30 of Stories That Made Us, the podcast where we recount the mythologies and legends that have defined cultures across the world. This week's episode is the second part and the conclusion of the Kiche Mayan creation myth that we began in the previous episode. If you haven't checked the last episode out, it would be a good time to do so now before starting with this one. Here's a quick recap nevertheless of the tale thus far. The world was dark in the beginning, and in this darkness were formed two primordial deities, Tepeu and Gukumans. They formed the building blocks of all creation, which was to be complete with the dawn of the sun. To effect this, the two deities created other gods who formed the heart of heaven and instructed them to bring to life all beings. The heart of heaven first created the animals, birds, fish and reptiles, but these creatures could not speak and therefore were unable to invoke the names of the gods. They were thus deemed to be subservient to those who would worship the deities of the heaven. The heart of heaven then tried to make man. In their first attempt, they made humans out of mud. Without bones, these humans could not stand and just melted away. In their second attempt, the deities made mankind out of wood. These creatures had no blood and did not sweat. Now these men ended up being hostile to the animals and were arrogant, boastful and proud. They were rude and disinterested in worshipping the gods. The deities sent a devastating flood in anger to vanquish these creatures. While most of them were decimated by the floods, some that remained sought shelter in the woods. They became the ancestors of the monkeys. In the third attempt, the gods created mankind, but the first of us were immortal and had full knowledge of the workings of the universe. The gods, worried about bestowing such powers to mankind, turned men mortal and limited our knowledge. They then instructed our ancestors to go east and to prepare for the sun and the first dawn. For with dawn would begin the age of men. That was the previous episode in a nutshell. Now let's continue the tale and bring to conclusion the Kiche Mayan story of our origin. The world was dark and festered in chaos. There were no crops, for the sun and light had yet come to be. People were directionless, and without day, there seemed to be no concept of a week, a month, or a year. Humanity had grown and multiplied in this darkness, but the people were promised the sun by the gods that were called the heart of heaven. Humanity prayed to the gods and fasted. They cried out loud, Gods, hear us, do not abandon us, do not allow us to be overthrown. 
You are the gods of the sky and on earth. Make it dawn. Give us the light that is favorable to all mankind. May our lives be favored so that all creation may be favored as well. Give this to us, you gods. Make it to be dawn, they said. The people fixed their eyes firmly on the east, looking for the first dawn. They watched closely for the morning star, for it was predicted that this star would shine brightly at the time of the birth of the sun. Then spoke the first four, the four ancestors of all humanity. Their names were Balam Kitse, Balam Akab, Mahukuta, and Ikwi Balam. They were great sages and wise men, priests of honor and true words. We shall surely await the dawn, they said, and so all peoples of the many nations and tribes, with weary hearts and teary eyes, awaited the dawn. The first four then said, Let us go and search for the gods who may protect us. Let us find gods before whom we may speak. Let us head out in search of the gods who would listen to our pleas and bring the sun and the dawn. For here, living where we are, we only feign existence. Let us find deities who would be our guardians. When people heard this, they immediately agreed, but all wondered aloud. Where shall we find such a guardian? Where would there be a god who would listen to us? The first four meditated as they pondered upon their problem. After a while, they came back to the people, saying, We have heard the news of a citadel upon the mountains, and we should go and look for a guardian there. Tulan was the name of the citadel where the four progenitors, along with their people, went. There, they found the seven caves and seven canyons. Here, they prayed to obtain their guardians. The first god that revealed himself to the people as their guardian was Tohil. He became the protector of the houses of Balamkitse, the first man. Then came out the god Awilitz. He became the protector of the houses of Balam Akab, the second man. Finally came out the god named Hakavitz, the protector of the house of Mahukuta. Nikakataka, another deity too appeared, and was the god received by Ikwi Balam. And so, the Kiche took the name of the gods who became their guardians. The names of the three gods, Tohil, Awilix, and Hakawets, became the names of the three truly great groups of the Kishes. It is from these groups that the great rulers who led the greatest houses of men came. Of all the gods and all the tribes, only Tohil, the god of the Kiche descendants of Balam Kitse, knew how to build a fire. How fire was first created is unknown, 
but it was seen burning by Balam Kitse and Balam Ekad. They saw it and immediately desired it for all humanity. The two forefathers of mankind thus approached the god and spoke to Tohil reverently, lamenting, We are unable to make fire and shall die of cold. The god heard their pleas and responded, Do not mourn, my children. Fire shall be yours and for all those who believe in me. The two progenitors were happy. They bowed their heads and said, You truly are our God. You are our provider and strengthener. This is how Balam Kitze and Balam Ekat brought fire from the gods to all mankind. And every nation rejoiced because of this fire. The use of fire spread to every household within the Kishe. It was used to cook and to keep warm. It signaled gatherings, and people spent a lot of time sitting beside the fire, telling stories, eating food, and resting. Life was good with fire, and humanity soon forgot about the sun and the light, having adapted to fire as the source of light and heat. Then one day, there came great rains. It was catastrophic as hail felt thick on the heads of all people. In this rain, all the fire went out, leaving mankind cold and in the dark once again. Humanity came together and pleaded for Balam Kitse and Balam Ekab to again go to the god Tohil to plead for fire. Urged by their people, the two ancestors went again to Tohil. Laying prostrate at the deity's feet, they said, The cold is terrible. It will be the end of our race without fire. Pray, have mercy upon us. Very well, replied Tohil. Do not mourn. Saying this, he brought about fire again and gave it to the two wise sages. Relieved and rejoicing, Balam Kitse and Balam Akab then returned to their kin with fire. But they were not welcomed by their own people. While the progenitors were gone, the language of the nations changed, and they warred and fought against each other for dominance and supremacy. Nobody could recognize or understand each other. Alas! Balam Kitse and Balam Ekab exclaimed, Our language is now abandoned. What have we done? We are lost. Why were we deceived? We had but one language, and it came from the citadel of Tulan and from our god Tohil. We had but one origin. This is not good, this that has transpired. And so, the progenitors were lamenting their fate and the fate of all humanity when a messenger appeared from Shibalba, the underworld. 
He had wings like a bat. I am a messenger from the gods of the heaven, lied the messenger from Shibalba. He then said to the first of our ancestors, Truly, Dohil is your god. He is your provider, your pathway to the gods who created you, your framer and shaper. Do not give this gift of fire to all humanity unless they give something in return to the god. Go to your men and ask them what they shall give in return for the fire, said the messenger. Thus, having been deceived into thinking that such was the will of their gods, the four wise ancestors of humanity prayed and poured their love and devotion to their gods. Then the people of all the nations arrived before the four. The cold had nearly finished them all. They were tired, bent and crawling on all fours. Many died from the cold and the frosty winds. They came pleading to the four, who were greatly troubled and grieved at the plight of mankind. Truly, will you not take pity on us? The people said, We only ask for a little of your fire. Are we not from the same home? Are we not from the same mountain where you were framed and shaped? Take pity on us and on your people, they said. But the progenitors were instructed by the conniving messenger to ask for something in return for giving the fire. And so they said, what then will you give to us if we were to take pity on you? The nations willingly gave their precious metal. We do not want your metal, said Balam Kitse and Balam Akab. We will consult with Tohil and see what he desires in return for giving you fire. Then they asked Tohil what he wanted, and the god replied, I desire their breast between their shoulders and their armpits. I desire the hearts of all men. They should give their hearts to me willingly, for do they not desire in their hearts to embrace me? I am their god, and thus I have spoken. If they do not wish this, then I will not give them fire. This our forefathers then conveyed to their people. When they spoke of Tohil's wishes, so desperate were the people of the nations that they agreed. They then received fire and they were warmed. Now, having found their protectors and gods and having procured fire, the race of Kitche with all the nations and all the people were led down the Tulan mountain. Now that they had found their gods, their attention turned back to the sun. They occupied themselves looking for the great morning star called Ikoki, one that would herald the rising sun. The gods, meanwhile, having received the hearts of men in return for providing fire, 
demanded sacrifice for their worship. People were ordered to give their blood, which flowed from the shoulder and armpits of all people. Then the god Tohil told the four wise men, This isn't where we shall find the rising sun. We should head east. But before we do so, you need to give thanks. You shall carry out the responsibility of praising and invoking the names of the gods by piercing your ears and prickling your elbows. This shall be your petition, your way of giving thanks to the gods. And so did the four men as instructed. They pierced their ears and elbows and led their kin east. The people united under the banner of the four sages. They made their journey east. They travelled until all the men and women of the great nations of Kiche arrived at the mountain called Shi Pisha. Here they gathered together. They had no means of sustenance and they had passed through great afflictions. They did not have any food. Life was hard and people would only sniff the bottom of their staffs to feel as if they were eating. They drank only atoll, a concoction made of maize, and they carried with them only their gods. The four great sages, along with their wives, also observed this fast. Great was their sorrow as they made their way to the mountain Shipisha. Then spoke the gods to the four progenitors. We must go now. We must go into hiding if we are to rise up as dawn. Make for us a place where we may be with you. And so it was done. Each god was carried by a progenitor to be placed in hiding. Aulitz was taken to a canyon named Hidden Canyon. Then Hakovitz was left on top of a great firehouse which became the Pyramid Temple. For here they made a great citadel for the god. Tohil was hidden in the great mountain that was then named Tohil Pa. Thus, in the forests and great mountains were the gods hidden by the first ancestors, the great sages. All people waited as one for the dawn. They did not rest. They did not sleep. Greatly did they weep in their hearts for dawn and clarity. They came as penitents in great sorrow and great humility. They trembled due to the terrible afflictions they passed through, and through their sorrow, they bonded as one people. They were united here in the mountain of Shipisha. They spoke with each other of their sorrow, their humility, and their fervent prayers. But while the people suffered and prayed and cried through the days, the gods were comforted and rested in the canyons and mountains where they were hidden. The gods were happy in their dwellings. 
The four sages gave all the comforts to the gods, while they and their people suffered. But none were unhappy, nor did they bear any ill will in their hearts for the gods who they had carried. And so were the state of affairs. Mankind suffered, waiting for the dawn, for it was only with dawn that they would prosper. The gods, meanwhile, were comforted by the four great progenitors, who, along with their wives, served the will of gods. Then one day, all witnessed the morning star. It came forth, glittering, the only star in darkness the only light in the ever-night sky. Greatly did mankind rejoice at this sight, for this was to be the herald of dawn. When the four sages, Balam Kitse, Balam Akab, Mahukuta and Equibalam saw this, they breathed a sigh of respite. For all that their framer and shaper had prophesied were coming true. The sages then prayed earnestly to their gods, giving thanks and invoking their names. They rejoiced by lighting incense and torches, which they waved towards the morning star. Amid such fanfare did the first dawn arise. All of mankind lay prostrate, facing the great sun as it rose in the east. They wept bitterly, for long and arduous had their journey to this day been. They waved their incense sticks and sang to the glory of the gods. And then the animals also rejoiced. They came up from the rivers and from the canyons. They were there on the mountain peak along with all men to witness this great rising. The first bird to sing was the parrot, then came the eagles and the white vultures, and all small and great birds spread their wings and bowed their heads to the mighty sun. All humanity, united as one, rejoiced greatly. They wept great tears of joy and of reprieve. Their journey, the perils, hardships, and sorrow were at an end. Then the face of the earth was tried by the sun. Before there was the sun, the earth was muddy and soggy. But when the sun ascended to the heaven, its heat could not be endured by the moist air. Thus the earth turned hard and dry. And so it was easy to walk and cultivation became possible. Now, when the sun rose, straight away did the gods Tohil, Aulix and Hakowitz became stone, along with the puma, the jaguar, the rattlesnake and the viper. This was good, for if it were not so, the large number of these animals would have killed off all mankind. 
It would not have been the days of men if the sun had not come forth and turned these vicious animals into stone. With the sun, everything on the face of the earth became clear. People were amazed by the beauty of the land. Great was the joy of man to behold creation. And so their hearts wept as they sang songs in praise of God, in praise of their fellow companions who perished in this great journey. Alas, we were lost, they sang. We left behind many dead. Our clans and nations split and united many a times in this arduous and perilous journey. Finally, as one people, we witnessed the birth and the rise of the first son, they said. Not only did man rejoice at the dawn, but so did all nature. This was as prophesied by Tepel and Gukumats, the primordial gods. Mankind was indeed to welcome the rise of the first dawn. They were to invoke the names of all gods, worshipping and offering sacrifices to them. After many a failed attempts and many trials and tribulations, the creation was complete. Afterward, when the four sages went to worship their gods' stone images atop their mountains, Tohil spoke to them, It is here in these mountains shall our essence reside. We may have turned to stone, but our spirit shall stay with you and your nations. We shall be your companions. We shall give to you your knowledge. But the knowledge would come at a price. Do not reveal us before the others when they come up to us. Bring to us sacrifices of animals. And thus, by doing so, your existence shall become great. You shall conquer all the nations. They must bring to you their blood. Their flowing blood shall be brought before our faces. Let them come to us and embrace us, for they are ours now, said the gods. The gods would appear as young men when the offerings were made in their names. The four sages began by offering birds and deers, whose blood the gods would drink. This continued, and the four sages soon became solely devoted to their gods. The nations and the rest of the people were unable to find them anywhere, for none knew where the mountains were, where the gods dwelt. The nations, all as one, would search for them, but none were ever found. But each day, the four ancestors would bring sacrifices of deer and birds to their gods. Each day, they would pray to the gods, saying, We give merely the blood of deer and birds to Tohil, Owlets and Hakavets. We merely prick our ears and elbows. In return, 
We plead for our strength and endurance. Is our sacrifice enough to appease the gods? Should we sacrifice mankind to gods as well? Would that cause the death of all nations? Should we sacrifice all at once or one at a time? These were the thoughts that the four sages had before they went to the gods to pray. Now these thoughts the gods heard, and they said to the four ancestors, Go, conquer many lands. This is your authority bestowed by the gods. Thus, the gods sanctioned the priests to make sacrifices, for all mankind had given to them their hearts. Thus began the sacrifice of human heart and the sacrifice of blood, a rain of blood that came as offering for Tohil, along with Aulix and Hakavits. And so began the abduction of people from the nations by Balam Kitse, Balam Ekap, Mahukuta, and Iqui Balam. When the people of the nations would go out walking, or be out of their homes at night, they would be abducted and sacrificed before the stone faces of Dohil and the other gods. Afterward, their blood and skull would be placed on the road. The people, looking at the blood and the bones, would say, a jaguar ate them. This was because the four sages left behind tracks of a jaguar. Many were abducted from the nations, until, after a long time, the people finally realized what was going on. Perhaps Tohil and the other gods have come after us, since we pledged them our heart, said the people. Let us seek out the four progenitors. They should lead us to the source of the abduction, the people said. And so, the people began to follow the footsteps of the forefathers. But surprisingly, they couldn't find any. All they found were the footprints of deers and jaguars. Nobody could understand where the footprints began. It was all just a confusing mess for them all. Neither were the pathways clear. None of the nations could see the path that the forefathers took, for it was covered in clouds and mists. It would also rain, obfuscating any tracks. And so, the people of the nations would vary their hearts and their legs, searching. This continued for a long time atop the mountain and on the borders of the nations the mountain which housed the gods. The four ancestors would seize people of the nations on the roads and sacrifice them before the gods. And so, the gods were preserved at the top of the mountains. But the people of the nations persistently sought the four ancestors, hoping to find answers to the abductions. Eventually, they discovered that it was the ancestors, the four wise sages and priests, 
who abducted and sacrificed the humans as per the will of the gods. The people of the nations had forgotten their oaths to the gods. They had forgotten of the times before there was the sun, before there was the dawn. They sought to put an end to the rule of the gods. They sought to kill the four ancestors. The leaders of the nations amassed great armies. They, equipped with maces and spears, with arrows and darts, marched towards the mountains of the gods. The ancestors saw this grand army marching towards them and were distraught. Do not mourn, Dohil instructed them. I shall protect you and I shall see the invaders defeated. Dohil then gave the forefathers hornets and wasps and instructed them to place the insects inside four large fruits which they positioned in four corners around the edge of the citadel atop the mountain. These they used as weapons against the nations. The warriors of the nations rejoiced for there weren't many defenders of the citadel. They, on the other hand, had countless warriors, killers, and murderers. And so, the nations came upon the citadel with large numbers. They would cry out, shouting, hustling, clamoring, and whistling. They encircled the citadel, for they were many over 24,000. Then the warriors ascended a little way up the face of the mountain. But it was only a little way, for they did not reach the entrance to the citadel. They found the fruits at the four edges of the citadel. Curious, they opened these fruits, and lo and behold, there came out a cloud of smoke from each one of them. Each cloud consisted of wasps which landed on the warriors' eyes and noses, on their mouths, on their legs and on their arms. They would swarm around them, stinging their eyes. There were a great number of insects around each of the people. The invaders were disoriented. They could not grasp their arrows or their shields. They could not use their spears. They hunched over their faces and fell to their knees on the surface of the ground. They scattered, running away from the citadel. Then came out Balam Kitse and Balam Akab, and their wives and sons and they murdered all the warriors of these nations. Only a portion of the warriors were able to return. Only a few were able to escape. And those who did not die, the insects tormented their bodies and their hearts. They were no longer able to wage war. They did not take up their arrows or shields again, running away as fast as they could, discarding all their weapons.
Thus, all the nations were humiliated and begged humbly before the forefathers. Pity us, please do not kill us, said the warriors of the nations. To their pleadings, Balam Kitse, the first of our ancestors, replied, Very well, certainly you shall become obedient. You shall be servants as long as there is sun and light. This is how the nations were defeated. It was done on the top of the mountain Hakovets, as it is called today. This also was the beginning of the Kiche Mayan way. The people who served multiplied and became many. They had daughters and they had sons atop the mountain. They rejoiced, for finally all nations were united as one. One under the rule of the forefathers of all humanity. One under the protection of the gods. And so, assured of the future of their nation and the collective strength of the Kiche Mayan people, the forefathers knew their death was nigh. Their work was done. They did not die of illness, nor did they breathe with difficulty. They left their rule to their children, who would all eventually receive the authority to rule. And rule they did over a great dominion, and led the Mayans to ever greater heights. This then concludes the tale of the Kiche Mayans. It is a story of the creators of the universe, a story of our forefathers and of the beginning of human civilization. This is an account of the trials and tribulations that the gods faced in creating the universe, and the humans faced before they could see the dawn of the sun and prosper. This is the story of the creation of the Kiche Mayan world. I hope you enjoyed their tale of our origin, both in this episode and in the previous one. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a feedback if you liked what you heard. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram by following the handle at stories thtmde. US. That's at stories THT MDE US. Email us with questions and comments on the episodes at info.storiesthatmadeus at gmail.com. Finally, help us grow the podcast by sharing it with your friends and family. I will see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.